Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily. And you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome this week to Keg Max. I'm sure everybody has been like counting down the weeks till we got to this episode, I feel like. Or maybe that was just us. (laughs) (laughs) It's a controversial episode. Yeah. It has its highs, it has its lows, a lot of lows. Yeah, Um, yeah, not as many highs. No, maybe not. I... (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm struggling for Townsperson of the Week this week. I'll see what you guys feel when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why don't we just jump straight into this episode? The girls don't have Friday night dinners anymore. Yeah. And they're lost. They have no clue what to do. (laughs) They literally look at each other. What did we do before Friday night dinner? I don't know. Like, what's so funny is that Rory calls because she's like, you know, it's kind of weird that I'm not talking to them on Friday. And the grandparents are having a 60-person party. Just 60 people. Just a little something. Planned at the drop of a hat. I can only assume it was... Emily started planning it that following Saturday after the party. Or after the... After the final dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, less than a week's notice? 60 people? And it's like you a know full 60 on, like, <laughs> tux party. Like, you yeah. know, Richard always dresses up, but, like, everybody there is just very dressed up. I'm actually kind of surprised they weren't invited. Like, obviously, Emily is feeling some type of way, right? Oh, this mm-hmm. is a About revenge party. Mm, yeah, maybe. This is pure yeah. revenge party. <laughs> I bet you they're making the tarts that, like, Lorelai loves so much. I'm sure they are. (laughs) Yeah, but the girls, yeah, no plans, grandparents, partying, and this is potentially what it's going to look like for a while, because obviously there's some bad feelings with the grandparents. But we move on to Luke's, and Lorelai got a digital camera. Which, completely irrelevant. Yeah, holds no bearing. It's not like she gets an incriminating photo or... Even has a funny moment with it. She just got, she just got one. Well, she kind of uh, funny thing quotes because she... like she takes a picture of Luke and then berates him on his appearance. Yeah, 
She did get a great picture of the woman sitting past Rory, though. Excellent right. cheekbones. Who's very chill about it. If mm-hmm. I was sitting, minding my own business, eating breakfast, and a woman was like, I just got a really great picture of you. I'd be like, excuse me? I saw this TikTok recently where it was like, uh, why do millennials always hold up their hand whenever mm, someone's mm-hmm. trying to take a picture of them? And it's because, well, we didn't grow up with cameras in our faces. Yeah. Right? So this almost reminds me of like now, right now, a Gen Z kid, if they're a camera on them, they turn on kind of thing. They just turn on. And like millennials are still like, hey, don't <laughs> film me. <laughs> But also, like, this is pre-social media, too. Yeah. I think I think MySpace was probably just starting to take off around this time. Oh, God, Or MySpace. was just getting started around this time. Well, like, early Facebook, like, the Facebook that was college only. Yeah. I can't remember when that started, but that was in the 2000s, 2006. Too. I, uh, I remember and I know that feeling, because of social network. Yeah, I remember <laughs> feeling super fancy. I graduated 2007 and feeling so fancy that I could create my own Facebook account with my college ID on my college email. And we had MySpace for two to three years before that. Yeah, I feel like this might actually be too early for MySpace because MySpace started in high school for me and that was 2005. But I feel it like started it in high school for, for me. I remember creating my profile my sophomore year. Maybe I just wasn't on it because I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that happens in this episode, or in this scene, besides Luke getting really just roasted Mm -hmm. for having an unflattering photo taken, is Rory has a letter for Lorelai from the Booster Club. And it's essentially a summons. It's like a jury summons, but for Booster Club. And it's threatening as all get out. Surprised it wasn't mailed. I can see it being handed to Rory and just being like, make sure your mother gets this. Because we don't want to get in lost in the mail. We don't want any excuses. This The chain of command is from you to Lorelai. Lorelai decides that she does have to go and actually participate in the Booster Club because it seems like there is some kind of threat being held over Rory's head of, well, her diploma. Like, there's still a couple things that she needs to get checked off. I can see the tickets to the graduation mm-hmm. ceremony. Um, I don't think they can legally withhold the diploma for the mom not going to the boosters club meeting. And we kind of move on to the band who is practicing for a gig. And they sound good. Yeah. They sound They end at the same time. They've never done that before. (laughs) I love that Brian's like, it didn't even sound like us in the middle. Yeah, it sounded good. Like, oh, guys, come on. You poor poor (laughs) band. And I love that Rory and Jess are just watching. Yeah, just chilling. They're fans. The reason the band is practicing is because they have a gig. They do. They are playing Kyle's party. Which, didn't they say they had a gig at a birthday party when they're first loading up into the garage? Like, when they're first setting up the garage as their practice space? This might be their first legitimate gig. Yeah, I always figured, like, the birthday party was, like, for a 13-year-old or something. Well, they say (laughs) something about not crashing her mom's car, so the girl had to have been at least 16. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, fair. Interesting. But maybe it was more of a parent, parents are there party, so not, yeah. as, not as much fun. Uh, but the question is, Lane, uh, how are you going? Right? Because Mrs. Kim is Mrs. Kim. And Lane has a whole thing. Like, Young Chu is involved. Young Chu, who we now 
No, is in love with Lane. Him and Karen have broken up. Dave doesn't know that. Dave still thinks that this is all just charade on both sides. And he hates it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hates it. Which is fair. Mm-hmm. He just wants to hang out with, I'm assuming, his girlfriend at this point. I don't know if they've actually had that talk or not. Put those but labels on there, but... They're presumably smooching. They're dating. Right? Yeah. Like, they're hanging out. Yeah. Um, but Jess and Rory sneak out, and... Yeah, the car is gone. So, like, <laughs> Luke, we know that Luke stole this car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if I re- do we remember where Luke hides it? I don't think that we have been shown yet where Luke uh-huh. hides it. I feel like that's a reveal at some yes, point. Yes, that's like, a it's reveal definitely stumbled in season across. four. It's a, it's a reveal when, Liv, when Liz comes into town. Okay. Right, yeah. The car is gone, and Rory and Jess are making plans to get prom tickets. Right, Because they're going to prom with Dave and Lane is the plan. And it's really important to Rory. She Mm -hmm. wants to go to one more dance, and she wants to go to prom with Lane. I love that from, like, a Mm -hmm. best friend standpoint, because, again, we don't get a lot of really good, like, Rory and Lane are best best friend moments. But it totally makes sense that she would want to go and have her final high school dance with her best friend. Yeah. And she even offers to pay for tickets, and Jess is like, no, I got it. So Jess is going to go. He's going to get those tickets. Yeah, and he's being very gracious about it, because obviously he doesn't want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Proms are above him. I'm getting flashbacks to when Dean had to escort Rory to her debutante ball. Mm-hmm. And, oh, like, yeah. the whole big deal with the tucks and the tails, and you can't be cool in tails, and Jess is like, nah, tucks is James Bond. You can't. You can't go wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And like also the first dance that Rory and Dean went to, she had to bribe him. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jess is just like, we're going to go. go. It's fine. Yeah. I'll get the tickets. You want to go. Would Jess have escorted her for that coming out debutante thing? No, I don't think so. Like, I think he's he's the bigger man in terms of like the school dance. But I can't imagine him in tails. No. I think that would have been beyond his, his ability to be chill. I think yes. part of it, too, is that, like, prom is a clear known uh, rite of passage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, every girl wants to, not every, many girls want to go to prom. I know yeah. I did. It's a whole thing. You finish off your high school career going to prom. Debutante ball, not so much. <laughs> There's a no. whole high school musical number about how important prom is. <laughs> there are so many TV shows with episodes about prom. And then you also have to think, like, debutantes and cotillion and everything is classist, right? Like, it's very, oh, like, much it's so. for the rich. And Jess is very much centered in, I'm from New York, and mm-hmm. we have a different lifestyle, and I think that would be a step too far for him. Yeah. Yeah, but so plan is they're going to prom, Jess is going to take care of tickets, and we hop over to the inn. The inn is still in disrepair. Um, They're still, you know, working on a limited capacity after the fire, and apparently they've called Luke in to ask him to double check what some of, you know, the experts have been saying, which I think is really nice of Luke, again, to constantly be willing to 
step in and help with projects like this, but he's checking the stove to see if what the stove guy said is true. Mm -hmm. And apparently it is. What I always think with Luke is, like, he must have, like, his dad would own the hardware store, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And presumably he he knew stuff about hardware, right, to be selling it. Yeah. And Luke absorbed all that and throughout the years been able to repair stuff because he knows it from his dad. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's sweet. I Um, love it. But another aspect of this fire is layoffs, which is really realistic. Yeah, it is. I feel so bad for Lorelai in this scene because she's having to go through and let go so many people. She says that she just had to lay off Julio, who was the one that she was so worried about when the fire happened. Mm Because sometimes he comes in early. Like, so this isn't, you know, this is very personal for Lorelai. Each one of these people are probably people she has hired, um, but they are doing this with the intention of rehiring these people once they get back up on their feet. But I feel like that's always so hard because as an employee, what are you, you need supposed that to do? Paycheck. Right? You can't just go and get another job and then wait around to see if the Independence Inn is going to hire you again. So tough times. And we also know that that's not what happens. Yeah. Right? So we get a lot of employees that are kind of just screwed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough, and I've had to fire people before. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's really, like, dehumanizing in a way. Like, you're taking away their livelihood, but also it's what the business wants. It's what your boss mm-hmm. wants is blah, blah, blah. It's hard. It is what yeah. it is, so. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful I've never had to fire anybody. Yeah, working HR is fun. And then supposedly Michelle was so kind to volunteer to fire Frank. And he comes waltzing in, unable to fire Frank because Frank raises chow puppies. Oh my god. He does it on his own dime. The introduction of Papa and Chin Chin. We we get the introduction of Papa and Chin Chin. And by the way, you need to fire Frank. Yeah. Well, he (sighs) took the puppies from him. Like, he can't fire him, too. Yeah. Um, Oh, man. But let's go back to Luke. Yep. Um, obviously, Scott Patterson talked in his own podcast about how uncomfortable he was in this scene, um, because for five minutes, they just basically talk about his butt. Yeah. Yep. For full disclosure, I don't think any of us listen to Scott's podcast, um, so we haven't listened to the episode, but we do know that he was pretty upset about this scene and the way that, you know, Luke is Yeah, objectified. there were articles, everything, yeah. Yeah. I just saw the things on the subreddit. Mm-hmm. talking about it. So yes, I have not listened to it either. Yeah. Um, but it starts off with Suki apparently was trying to watch what he was doing and her hand was on his butt for a good amount of time before she realized it, which is mm-hmm. how this whole thing started. Yeah, and, and it... Lorelai's like, so how was it? And of course Luke is there and can hear mm-hmm. everything. And they just keep talking about his butt. And before we started recording, we were kind of discussing how we wanted to discuss this. And, you know, we were kind of talking about how it's pretty innocent, right? Like, it's just the two of them kind of teasing Luke. Mm-hmm. But then we also put it in the context of, like, what if you flip the genders on this? Yeah. You know? What if this was two men talking about a female friend? He had had his hand on her butt. They were saying, oh, how was her butt? 
It's a good mm-hmm. butt, good shape. Like, it's that double standard. Yeah, that would be super gross. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the other way is also gross. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I want to mention is that this is kind of a caricature in, like, real life is this, the plumber's crack, right? Um, when he's, like, bent over or whatever. Like, this is a joke that exists outside of Gilmore Girls. I'm not saying that it's correct or um, that it's even funny because it's not really funny. But I also want to acknowledge... In the story, Lorelai is talking about Luke's butt, right? And she's the one that keeps pushing it and pushing it. It almost seems like she's interested or... She wants to know. She wants to know. And it's it's really interesting, especially, you know, reflecting on what's happened in previous episodes with her telling Luke about the dream she had of them being together and her being pregnant her learning that there's this awkwardness with Nicole because Lorelai became a sore spot for Nicole after Luke kept talking about her on their first date. So, like, there is friction here Mm -hmm. in this relationship, and especially in Luke's personal romantic relationship. And it just makes it all... It's more gray. It's more messy than it could seem on the surface. But speaking of Nicole... Nicole and Luke are going skiing, and um, but she can't stay over because of Jess. So she's coming in super early or, like, trying to do something. And Lorelai just says, why don't you stay here on the house? We have the rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is very sweet of her to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, Especially in light of that tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they really can't do free stuff right now. No. <laughs> no, but at the same time, they're also struggling to fill rooms because who wants to come to a half-burned-down inn? Yeah. That's yeah. now kind of a bed and breakfast. I don't know. This scene, um, of course, like you said, just uh, the double standard is not great. Um, and I don't want to invalidate the actor's feelings because obviously he felt that it was messed up. It is a weird scene in a weird episode. Let's say that. Yeah. And unfortunately, not the worst scene. No. In terms of that. Uh, but it, the scene finishes up with Michelle coming in and talking about the chow puppies. And puppies. by the way, you have to fire Frank and walks <laughs> out. But we do get to Chilton and Lorelai comes in late to the booster meeting. Um, As she does. <laughs> with none of the same people. No. Yeah, all new boosters. But Lorelai has been nominated treasure because she was late. Doug has been nominated as lead chaperone. Greg, the other parent that has been also here. showed up late. Yeah. yeah. And then Max shows up mm-hmm. as their faculty advisor. Have a faculty advisor? I don't. Did they have a faculty advisor for the fashion show? I don't remember. Nope. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because that would have made sense again for Max to be in it. But nope, here he is. Um, So this is the first time we're seeing Max since the kiss. Mm -hmm. The kiss in the classroom. Um, And he is so casual. He's just very nice. He treats Mm -hmm. her like any other parent. He's nice. He's appropriate for our meeting. Like, yeah. He doesn't sit down and go, oh, look, it's my ex-fiance who ran out on me the weekend before our wedding. He's How are like, you oh. doing? Yeah, in front right? of every, like, 
After this scene, we get to the town square. Lorelai's venting to Suki about the entire thing. And the mm-hmm. entire time, I was just sitting there thinking, like, what do you want him to be doing? Yeah. Do you want him Jumping to be, like, making table, eyes like... at you? Do you yeah. want him to... Well, there was eye contact, but not really because it didn't mean anything. Like, you what? Know... In this situation, Max did totally the right thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, as we were reminded the last time we saw Max... He's a great guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but this is a meeting, a Booster Club meeting, and the meeting is about prom. So they're yes. also talking about prom. And grad night. Yeah, or grad night. Um, yeah. Yes, and it's going to be night. a big party on the dock. On a yacht. On a yacht. On a yacht, yeah. Yes. So uh, just keep that in mind because that's going to come up later. Boat Boat party, which I did do a boat party for my, like, middle school uh, graduation kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Fancy. Well, I mean, it was in <laughs> Seattle. It's an Argosy cruise. It's not, like, the fanciest thing ever. But it felt really cool. And at the same time, I look back and I think, oh, my God, how was that allowed? Yeah, it's All a those crazy. teenagers on a boat... And of course, luckily, none of us were drinking, or at least anybody who I knew was not, had not smuggled anything in, but that could be disastrous. So the only TV show that I can think of that had a party on a boat uh, that was prom was Dawson's Creek. And it was, the episode was called Promicide, right? Um, Yeah, because, spoiler alert for a show that's like 25 years old, uh, Pacey breaks up with Joey at, on the yacht. Right, and then she's just like, "What do I do?" Yeah, right. And he does it in front of everyone. So I think uh, there's something valid to uh, some complaints that we're gonna hear later. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, But yeah, as Emily mentioned, you know, after this, Lorelai is the treasurer. You know, they they're talking about grad night. We go to a scene with Suki and Lorelai. Uh, walking through town, maybe on their way to get lunch, and they're rehashing what happened at the Booster Club, and we kind of get the play-by-play of what happened, and I love the the comments that Suki makes, like, were you making meaningful eye contact? Are they crazy for making you treasurer? Like, Suki clearly knows Lorelai. That was another thing. Lorelai runs an inn. She runs a business. She should be perfectly and more than capable of handling a cash box for the Boosters Club for her daughter's school. Especially yes. if she's the manager, she would be closing out the registers the accounts, or the accounts. HR. Yeah. I feel like maybe Michelle is doing that. Or maybe Tobin's doing that as the night manager. You know? Mm, maybe. Because we've also been getting these weird, like, Lorelai is disorganized. Lorelai is chaos. Moments like with her planner um, and not being able to read her own handwriting. Right. Mixed messages on Lorelai. Um, we get an Alex mention. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly she's still seeing Alex. It's more intermittent than ever, which, sad. It seems like maybe they're trying to be like, this is a real- romantic relationship that just fizzled. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It was fun, and then things get in the way, and... But, like, which I, why would you do that? I kind of wish it had been more of, like, well, I broke things off with Alex because Max and I kissed and it didn't feel right. You know, I felt like cheating and I didn't think that was fair to him. Like, mm-hmm. that feels like a more appropriate breakup for the two of them. Especially since we never see him again. Yeah. 
Like, I, I always mean, assumed that's what happened until I heard the comment in today's of, oh, no, we're still seeing each other. Oh, so you cheated on him and then... Right? Continued. Lorelai is really strange about cheating. Or maybe they Sometimes. weren't exclusive. Yeah, maybe. Which is, like, hard because I feel like we don't usually see Lorelai being anything other than exclusive. Usually yeah. she's, like, with one person. But I guess not this time. Uh, but the big question here is, where is Max in all of this? I think the assumption in Lorelai's head is she's the main character of the show, so Max needs to be in love with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why yeah. isn't he? Kind of thing. They kiss, so why are they not back together already? Well, mm-hmm. what do you want? Well, I don't know. So... I, I think she just wants him to want her. Yeah. Which that's is kind what of it feels like to me. Crappy. Um, yeah, but it's also very true to Laura. It is very, and also true to life, right? Like, yeah. you see your ex, and you're, you want to win the breakup, or you want them back, or something or another, and you want them to notice you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get it. Um, yeah. But we move on, and Jess Mariano has been called to the principal's office, and we get a very tough scene. Um, I still say Jess... this principal's weirdly aggressive. Well, towards yeah. a kid, he was trying to buy prom tickets, mm-hmm. which I love that he went like next day to go get tickets. He's not putting it off, and they told him, "Nope, you have to go see the principal." Mm. Oh. You're not graduating because you have missed 31 days of school. 31 days. The cutoff is 20. has also ignored nine warnings. Yep. And um, he he keeps saying, I can, I can catch up. Like, this is easy stuff. And it's like, no. You're out. At this point, you're done. You've had so many chances. Mm-hmm. And not only... Uh, summer school is not going to do anything for you, but... You have to repeat at this point. the entire year. And yeah. Jess is just like, just let me go to prom, right? Like, I don't care. Um, I'll do the work. And he, principal does not want to hear it unless he's trying to say, I'll do another year. And yeah. Jess walks out. I was surprised by the prom is for graduating seniors only. Mm-hmm. But like, all the schools I went to, prom was for juniors and seniors. Our prom was seniors only. Yeah, our really? prom was seniors yeah. only, and then there was Unless a junior you prom. We okay. had a junior so you... prom that was only juniors. Okay, the ones I went to, they just combined them. And then if you were an underclassman and you were asked by an upperclassman, you could go. Yeah, ours. well, our our high school was only three grades. Mm, okay. So, sophomore, junior, sophomore, junior so. senior. Yeah, mm. so there was just senior prom. And, I mean, prom tickets were absolutely something they would withhold based on behavior, based on grades. Like, mm-hmm. and the thing is, that's a really good bargaining ticket, I think, it for is. probably a lot of teenagers. Because you're going to have people who are not doing great in school, and maybe they don't care about prom, but somebody they care about cares about prom. Mm-hmm. Like Rory. So here's the thing. Uh, at my school, prom tickets were sold about Four months before prom, it was sold really? at the wow. beginning of year the year because uh, the money, I believe it was one hundred and twenty dollars for Dang. the tickets. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, Mine was like twenty. Yeah, uh, I that money went cheap, towards but... the the place. 
So we had to get them early. So like to me, like just getting them what two weeks before the prom seems kind of unrealistic, but it might be that way in different schools. That was normal for my school. Yeah, yeah. I think ours probably got sold like in the month leading up to prom because mm-hmm. yeah. they would announce like the theme, and right. then they would sell tickets with the theme on them. What I can't even remember theme? what our theme was. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was some kind of. We had a theme oh, for man. eighth grade, our eighth grade social, and it was reach for the stars, and everything was celebrity, <laughs> and like they had a little limo that you would take a photo in front of. It was very cute. Mine was under the stars. Again, the oh. eighth grade dance, not the yeah. prom. Yeah, the eighth the grade dance was under the stars. Oh. I just remember they had this giant like navy tarp and then had like um streamer streamers but they had like stars in them and stuff too mm-hmm. for pictures. We all have the I, same childhood. <laughs> I'm like trying so hard and it's so funny because when you're in high school, I think especially if you're probably in like student body and deciding student body government and deciding the prom theme, it probably feels like the most important thing in the world, right? Yeah, like, it is to you. Yeah. But I mean, here I am 10 years, 11 years out. I can't remember. <laughs> I will say the year before me, so like the seniors when I was a junior, mm-hmm. there was this whole drama with like the person who got elected as student body president. It was more of a popularity thing or whatever. But they had a Star Wars themed prom. Oh and my it gosh. Was such a huge deal because there was like normal prom themes that like most people wanted mm-hmm. and then like the student body president was like no let's do star wars prom and it was totally that was like the most drama that happened in my high school was the overthrowing and the star wars prom but i gotta admit i would have hated that because i hate star right? wars yeah most people were not and this was like before like the reboots mm-hmm. you know like this was now, this would have been during the prequels, right? Uh, I think I prequels so, yeah. Were out. Yeah, I think it would have been a couple years after yeah. the prequels. And as the far prequels as I know, came out in 2003. from everything I've heard, if you're a true Star Wars fan, you hate the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jess not only is not graduating, cannot go to prom, needs to retake the year. Uh, and you might be able to figure out that this puts him in a pretty bad mood. Oh, yeah. Um, But before that, we go to Lorelai, who realizes she's $18 short on her uh, treasury box, because she's a treasurer. She Um, also didn't count it the first time she got it, it, which which is irresponsible. Her 18-year-old daughter is the first one to point that out. Why Mm -hmm. didn't you count it? Mm -hmm. And speaking of Rory, she's getting ready for the party. Um, And there's a moment where she's like... Getting ready, she has her purse. Lorelai says, don't take your purse. It might get lost. Um, and Rory's like, what about my house key? So Lorelai puts it on her belt and says, put it on your belt. And if you're taking off your belt for any reason, I'm not sure I want you coming home. I take that as, Rory, you are not allowed to go to the bathroom while you're at this party. Right? So <laughs> this, this line and this moment is one of those things that really stuck with young me. Mm-hmm. as like a, a young Gilmore viewer because the first time I heard it I didn't quite understand right what she mm-hmm. was referencing and I had that same thought Emily of like what if she has to go to the bathroom Come on. also I was thinking like she's got pockets there yeah. are a lot of other places yeah, yeah, to she put does a have house key <laughs> yeah you can even put your key can in fall your out shoe. of pockets as you're sitting up sitting it's like... and getting up 
It's like a weird chastity belt kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I just, I mean, especially, especially because of the conversations that have been had about sex in this show between these women up to Mm. this point, like, I thought that we were okay. I thought that... We know Rory's been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And she's going to tell her mom before she makes any decisions. Yeah. But Rory takes this in stride. Um, Mm -hmm. She's just like, okay, like, she's not planning on having sex at this party. Right. No. If anything, she's like, oh, good point. I don't want to carry this purse around. I don't need things in it. Mm -hmm. You're right. And Lorelai just keeps giving rules, like, or tips. uh, Don't eat chips from the communal bowl. Make sure, like, you talk to people. Like, she's trying to be... Cool, Par- mom. cool mom, party yes, mom. Yes, make sure your shoes have good traction because right. there's going to be various liquids on the ground, which now now having, you know, really watched this episode and, and learning more about Kyle, poor Kyle, poor Kyle. any kind of liquids <laughs> on the ground are going to break this guy. <laughs> and Lorelai is just like, and hey, you know how I told you I wasn't going to ask about Max? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to. Have fun at your party. She's just so awkward. She is obsessed with Max. She is, like, fixated on Max. And I think it's because Max is... Not in love with her? Essentially playing hard to get by not being interested. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? She's perceiving it as, like, oh, he's, he's not interested in talking to me. And that's driving her crazy. Because nobody ignores Laura like Gilmore. How dare you? So, from here, um, the episode goes in two directions, right? We've got Lorelai and the booster situation, and then we have the party. So, let's get Lorelai and Max and that situation. Let's talk about that first, and then we can really dive into the party. Sound well, good? Well, before we have anything with Max again, we have a Luke scene. Yes. And this is, uh, Michelle, unfortunately, is going through it. There has mm-hmm. been so many layoffs um, that he doesn't, like, he's, he has to be in 15 places at once. There's a call out. He's doing yeah. three or four positions. He's running the, the desk. Time. He's being a backup bell bellboy. He's having to do turn down. Also, he has to, you know, take care of his puppies because one of them almost drowned in the milk bowl. <laughs> oh, I think it was Papa. Papa. Yeah. I don't. They're all so cute. But Lorelai says, "Don't worry, I will do the turndown service." Yeah, and Which that's is when Luke comes in. Lorelai, good manager of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry, I will step in to where it is needed. Especially yep. like I will step in and do duties that I am super familiar with because I have done, done these duties before. Uh, and that's kind of the way it is until she gets into the room. Right. Oh, and it's, it's Luke. Luke on the bed and Nicole coming out of the bathroom in a robe. Right? She does have clothes on underneath it. Like, you can see a does tank she? top on underneath the robe, at least. Yeah. There's some kind of Either way, something. the implication of this room is going to be had, there's going to be romantic uh, something or another <laughs> in this room is there, right? Yeah. Because it's a very romantic room. Like, the inn looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's a fireplace in this room. Yeah. Well, and so she comes in and she's just, like, very awkwardly attempting to do turndown. 
um, which consists of closing the curtains and actually turning down the bed. Uh, she offers to start throwing a fire. The throw pillows. Mm-hmm. Right, literally throwing the throw pillows in a very un like disciplined way, just off onto the ground. Um, and it's just because she's feeling uncomfortable. Yes. Like, she was not expecting to walk in on Luke, let alone Luke and Nicole, and it throws her. Mm-hmm. She makes them get off the bed to turn it down, which I just, like, I've, I've stayed in a couple of, like, nicer hotels in my life, um, and I've stayed places where turndown has certainly happened while I've been gone, but I can't imagine any of them coming in and being like, get off the bed, we're turning it down. <laughs> Right? Yeah, that's definitely it feels a, like it I know you. More of a, yeah. Feels like it should have been more of a, would you like me to turn the bed down? No? Okay, well, here's the mints you get on the pillows. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, here, Not, oh my gosh, I love you guys. Have a few extra mints. Is there anything I can do for you? No? Bye. <laughs> and instead, she commands, get off the bed. <laughs> and I gotta think it has has to be because, I mean, I hate to say it, is this another this man should be in love with me and he's not, he's in love with someone else moment. I think that there's a lot of different interpretations because like the last time we saw Luke, wasn't she inviting him to stay at the inn with Nicole? It was her idea. And she was like, no, please do it. So she shouldn't be feeling awkward about this. This was her idea. It's one thing to throw it out there. It's another thing to like walk into the room where they've clearly gotten comfortable romance is implied it's it's one thing to say it and another thing to be confronted with it directly yeah um yeah she attempts to start a fire for them yeah which would make it even more romantic (laughs) (laughs) um i I feel like this bag this log bag has to have a few somewhere right she just does not know exists (laughs) uh right because the person who does this got laid off Mm mm-hmm like it's just it's just a mess um and there's also the the, like, thought of she knows Luke behind the counter, right? Mm-hmm. And even though Luke is her friend and they've had moments outside of the counter, especially town meetings and, like, the and he bird. just came over and did five hours of work for exactly. her. In her house. Oh, yeah, for her birthday. But, like, you know. But, like, their relationship is weird. intimate, right? There's a bed involved. It's a little yeah. bit different. Um, and she leaves the room and says, have fun. Have a good night might have been appropriate. A little have, more have appropriate. A nice night. <laughs> oh, Lorelai. I will say, Nicole is very sweet mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. whole time. She's very polite, very nice. There doesn't seem to be any weird tension. Yeah. From her, anyway. From her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Specifically from her. Luke is also still kind of awkward, like, no, nah, you don't have to do that, but he's just kind of, he's Luke. Obviously, Sandra said Michelle is going through it, right? Having to do all this, but. Lorelai is also kind of scrambling because she's doing all this stuff at the end. She's now having to turn down. And then it seems like almost immediately she's going to have to turn around and head to Hartford because Mm -hmm. she has to go to another booster club meeting. Um, And she arrives at the booster club meeting. Late. And presumably this is a Friday or Saturday night because the party. Yeah, it must be. Which. Which. Weird time. Why? Why? We'll never understand the timing. Um, but she comes in and has made up a story about how the cash box flew open and maybe we're $18 short. Wouldn't Very you specific. at this point 
just put the $18 in. Right? I mean, I absolutely would have. Right? Yeah. Like, if it was your responsibility to uh, count it and also keep it safe, and somehow there's $18 missing, just put it in. Right. Unless Lorelai's like, I'm going to make sure they never call me again for this. (laughs) Right? (laughs) True. (laughs) I would not trust somebody who literally quote dumped the cash box in the parking lot you know like and the women take it like all right whatever whatever yeah they're so i don't know i don't know what's going on but they're all talking about the yacht that's what their main concern is uh we're also two people short at this meeting uh the dad not present they scared him away chased away and they say something like we love chasing the dogs away and it's like gross grow up ladies like you probably forced him here too just to harass him and and make him regret his decision yeah and max is not there there's another staff member Mm -hmm. um and the yacht specifically what they're talking about is that there's higher fees um and they don't want to pay for it but also there's a student that has thoughts about the yacht and i would like to say there's not just a student the student body president mm-hmm. has thoughts yeah about this has thoughts and Grad who night. is it but paris geller and they <sighs> know her they're immediately like oh my god i like that lorelei is like oh like, hi, hi paris like, like, <sighs> paris makes some very good points which yeah. jess as you said you had i'm assuming yeah. all your points went straight to what paris said i mean like truly you're on a boat i think he was at night or at least late so you get that darkness reduced visibility it i remember jumping on the dance floor and you could feel the floor going up and down oh my god that was like, scared the hell out of me it was because there's a ton of us in there you're yeah on, it just there's a lot of ways that this could go wrong um there were parent chaperones but like I'm sure there were people getting up to who knows what all throughout mm-hmm. that boat. <laughs> so never... there had to have been so many nooks and crannies to hide in and do oh, inappropriate that's a good point things. Too. Yeah. Um, I've never actually been on a big boat except for like the Staten Island ferry kind of thing. And that's yeah. not like, oh, yeah. like whatever. There's um, something definitely different about like a ferry because a ferry is like big, you know. Because yeah. we have the ferry up it's, in Seattle, and it's big open rooms with just a bunch of benches. Exactly, there's not a lot going on. Yeah, and I'm sure that the the yacht that the Chilton kids would have gone on probably equal in size to the boat that my my group was on because mm-hmm. I had a pretty big class size, and obviously Chilton is smaller, but theirs would probably be nicer and newer. Still, oof, I'm I'm on Paris's side here. <laughs> I would 100% get seasick. I'm just not. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. another thing. It's people getting sick. You're immediately alienating anybody who could be seasick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She also mentions disasters, which I think was Maritime a little Maritime disasters. Yeah. <laughs> but it is Paris, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like that Paris is, you know, back. Back? back? A like, little bit. Well, because, you know, Rory pushed her to get back her parents were coming back into town which meant she had to start going back to school mm-hmm. rory brought her her homework and she finished that she pierced her nose like she's done all of these things but this is like paris is finally getting back to paris yeah. Yeah. she's also decently respectful with what she has to say like she, she comes in she's like 
I know I don't want to keep you here any longer than you need to. Here's my quick list of reasons why as to why I don't think this is a good idea and lays all of her research down on the table. Thanks. Have a great night. And they don't care at all. Don't even look at it. Yeah. Maybe she learned because we also, you know, an episode or two ago, we heard her recording of that interview she did for Harvard. Yeah. So like maybe she's kind of learning and she's learning to, to relax a little bit. Um, either way, Paris did a great job. These moms suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you said, Jess, there is a new faculty of advisor. Um, mm-hmm. But Max just filled her in, which in yes. Lorelai's head, she immediately thinks, oh, he's here. That means Max is here. And she steps away and goes to find him. And has a super awkward conversation with the janitor. Hey, where's the bathroom? That way? Oh, well, I'm going to go this way instead. You're this an adult. must Just be a Friday night. Because why, why would else? Max be at school on a Saturday night? That's fair. And I feel like it could be a Friday night because Friday night dinners are not happening anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could be doing other things. Yeah. But Max is here. He's in his classroom doing his work. Minding his business. And you know what Lorelai says? Gotcha. Like, she Caught trapped you. him. Yep. Mm-hmm. She, she says that. He goes, ah, you did. She goes, you busy? Yes, I am. Well, let me come in and instigate a conversation anyway. <sighs> Lorelai, so that's a really great point, Sandra, the gotcha, because Lorelai feels like an aggressor in the mm-hmm. rest of this situation. It makes me uncomfortable. Right? Like, I think I thought it was funnier back when I watched it when I was younger. But now, like, having a better understanding of their history, having a clear understanding of what happened, how he feels about the situation, the, the, the awkwardness around the kiss, this is so out of line and inappropriate. There's a lot of boundary crossing in this episode. Mm-hmm. If we were to, to gender swap this situation as well, the same with, like, Awful. the loose butt thing, yeah. this would be terrible. It would genuinely be scary. Yes. Right? Like, the part, which we'll get to, of where Max is literally, like, throwing desks between him and Lorelai to gain space, if you reverse the genders on that, it becomes something that is truly terrifying. Like, imagine yeah. the three of us are women, which means... Unfortunately, we've all had kind of weird experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in my own personal life, I've had moments where I don't want this person in this room and you're standing too close to me, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's an invasion of uh, space. And when you get that bubble invaded, you just want to get away from that person. If this was opposite, right? If this was Lorelai saying... I need to, like, please stay away from me. And this person keeps going forward and forward and forward. I mean, like, it triggers, like, a fight or flight situation. Exactly. Where you're just Absolutely. like, and, and in this situation, Max's fight is to continue to build a physical barrier. Um, and I'm sure that there are people who are listening who are like, oh, no, it's it's not it's not nearly as big a thing as, as you guys are making it. And we talked about this again before the podcast, too, of, the way the experiences that you have had will completely impact the way that you view scenes throughout this entire episode, right? The yeah. Luke's butt scene, this scene with Max, the scene later with Rory and Jess, the 
the like your life experiences will will shift the way that you view these things and i think that all of us agree that this this situation would make us uncomfortable um and it makes me feel bad for max because so that's let's get into what actually happens in this scene um lorelei immediately assumes that he has left the booster position because of her he has not again which is not true yeah main character symptom um he's actually done three of them right and she just weren't there yeah and if we go back to max would have given rory the letter it's even possible that he knew lorelei was going to be at that meeting and still went because it was his Mm -hmm. responsibility to go yeah i would assume if there was enough thought to send a letter home with Rory to get Lorelai to come in that there would have been a discussion at the Booster Club meeting about yeah. it. Literally. Who can we wrangle in? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lorelai hasn't been here in a while. Let's send a letter home with her daughter. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing is, she's like, hey, you were weird. And he's like, no, I was playing it cool just like you were. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, I was just doing the same thing you were. What was I? I just I can't imagine what's going in Lorelai's head. What did she want from him to stand up and be like, "That is the woman I kissed three weeks ago, and we were engaged at one point." Like, what does she want? Yeah, he's They're at one public. point. He says, "I treated you with respect and kindness." Mm-hmm. How is that not enough? I'm with Max on this one. Yeah. And Max is also, like, uncomfortable because he says, hey, I was seeing someone in California. I do like Lorelai's response of, I mean, we were broken up. Yeah, I was seeing someone, too. Like, you weren't living as a monk? Like, that's fine. Because there is a lot of, um, sometimes in TV shows of, like, you're mine. Mm -hmm. And even when we're broken up what you saw someone else there's a lot of that in this show there is yeah oh yeah yeah but at one point you know Lorelai takes steps towards max and he's like whoa 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 nope 10 feet and Lorelai's like 10 feet and he's like yeah that's a good distance for us and And she says i'm not gonna attack you and then she moves around his desk to close the distance between them which makes him back away from his desk and i'm just like is this supposed what to be a comedy doing? moment? It is. It is, right? Because that's comedic in the 2000s is a woman going after a man in that sense, right? And Lorelai is so, like, shocked by this. Mm-hmm. She's just, like, like, literally her mouth hangs open at one point. And I just think, I just, like, I would be so embarrassed and like ashamed if if an ex-partner of mine acted this way towards me like if 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 an ex-partner of mine like literally jumped away from me and was like hey no i want to keep distance between us i would feel so bad i would throw my hands up and back up and like i am so sorry yeah yeah Um, i (laughs) but in this moment lorelei is still giving that hints of like let's just get back together and Max finally just says it, and I'm so grateful he said it. He said, right? you had your shot. You had the ring, and you said no. Right? I love that he said that. Like, yeah. leave me alone. It's so, so valid. I, I'm not, it's I've like, not always been on Max's side. 
I am 100% on Max's side here. Yeah. It it feels like a massive amount of just self-respect mm-hmm. that we don't we don't really see a ton of in this ep- in just in general in TV shows mm-hmm. of just you know what? No. I know this relationship. Yes, I might still have feelings for you. I can't seem to control myself when I'm around you, but you are not good for me. And I recognize that. And I'm not going down that hole again. Right. So please, stay away. Mm-hmm. And, like, it is such a moment of, you are toxic to me, right? And yeah. this is to the main character, who thinks she's the main character also. Um, but, like, we're, I think the audience is supposed to think he's insane. Like, he's There's the one like, that's wrong. I was just thinking, there is almost, like, a very, and I, I use this term very cautiously, but there's almost, like, a light level of, like, gaslighting here. Of, mm-hmm. like, this was the right decision for us. We both decided this was the right decision. Like, you and can't the tell him. right. Like, you can't that's tell him like. our breakup was right. We all agree it was the good thing for us to do. But now you're ignoring me and that's not okay. Like, it feels so manipulative. Mm-hmm. It, it feels it like we broke up and we decided that was best. We both went our own ways for a while and now we keep getting thrown back together. So clearly we should just get back together. That's what it feels like she's trying to say. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it ends with a goodbye. I almost wish they hadn't run into each other again. I realize it's for comedy. Yeah. But I That's wish it would have been clean. That's almost the only potential comedy point. Mm-hmm. In this entire scene. However, yeah. I will admit, imagine a really tall basketball player between us is funny. <laughs> I do like that line. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, like, I've been re-watching this scene as we've talked about it. And genuinely, I don't think they earned that, that comedy bump into each other moment. Because mm-hmm. he is backing away from her out of the classroom trying to get away. And I just, like... Oh my gosh, I wonder how this would play, you know, today on TV. Honestly, this scene this scene triggers me much more than the scene later in this episode. Yeah, I think I feel that way too and it's really really awkward and weird to realize that, you know, mm-hmm. having the memories and the nostalgia for this episode that I do. I'm like, whoa. I am totally not on team Lorelai in this moment. I my only interpretation of how we're feeling is we watched this when we were kids, right? So mm-hmm. to see two adults fighting, right? I know personally when I was a kid watching this, I did not care about the adult scenes as much as the mm-hmm. younger Same. scenes. Yeah, the teen right? scenes. So like this would have just played as an argument to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now as an adult, someone who has had in- interactions with men that are a little weird... Um, I can see where Max is coming from of, please stay away from me. Why aren't you staying away from me? Kind of thing. Um, so I think it's just us growing up, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Or fortunately, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, an odd scene that probably doesn't earn its comedy sting. Um, but this is, this is a goodbye Mm-hmm. This is the la- This is officially the last time we see Max Medina. Yeah, and honestly, I wish him well. I hope that he goes on and finds a partner who is super excited about him, and he gets to go back and teach at Stanford or teach at another college because he deserves it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he finds Diane again, and yeah. maybe they're yeah. great together. Um, yeah. But goodbye, Max, for real this time. And why don't we actually jump back to Rory and this party? This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Yes, Kyle's party. Can we talk mm-hmm. about Kyle? We can talk about <laughs> Kyle. I will go on a deep dive on Kyle, another or the actor whose name is Chance Chauncey, and that Chauncey. is amazing. Um, Fancy in another episode. But Kyle is, like, one of my favorite small, like, uh, side characters. Townies. I would agree with that. Even knowing, like, where his storyline goes. Mm-hmm. He's just fun. Like, this Kyle is high school Jess. Like, this is yes. how I would have been. I would have been so, ah, like... Co-host Jess. We have to He's keep so everything... respectful. Yeah, he we is. have to keep everything clean. Like, get the... <laughs> I love when he's like, get the, the beach towels. Like... That, that's mm-hmm. me to a T. Oh my gosh. But no. Kyle is throwing this party because his parents are going to a marriage. A couple's retreat, it sounds like. Thing. Some kind of counseling. marriage. Yeah. So he's throwing. It seems like every teenager in Stars Hollow is invited. Seriously, though. And uh, the band is actually there early setting up. And so are Jess and Rory because Rory's helping well, set up, and Jess is there for Rory. It's also, I think Lane mentions that when she is giving her plan to how she's going to go to the party, that Jess and Rory are actually bringing her drums. Yes. So they yeah, have to true. be there early. Um, Which Jess is kind of weird about. Um, he's he down. They're, they're dork early or something. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. I got to admit. Um. No, they're roadies. <laughs> they are with, I'm with Rory. They're with the band. They brought yeah. equipment. And she has to be there for makeup uh, suggestions for mm-hmm. Lane. And she has Brian's sandwich and thermos. <laughs> like, Rory has a job to do at this at this party. <laughs> I will say Rory's a good friend in this episode. Um, she is. Like, sometimes it's a little, you know, uneven, the balance between Rory and Lane. No, Rory's 100% here for Lane. Um, Jess is... I want to say he's kind of down. We know why he's down. Mm-hmm. But at this point, he's still playing it off. Just mm-hmm. aloof. And, like, just is usually having this attitude anyways. Yeah. So Rory's yeah. not completely knowing something's wrong. But she's getting the hint. Yeah. She's... I don't think she's... I agree. She has not picked up that Mm-mm. there is actually something wrong. This isn't just Jess being bad boy, doesn't want to be included kind of mood yes um but then cousin rick comes in and emily you told us a fun fact about cousin rick uh yes kyle's cousin rick is also rich blumenfeld the trumpet player i believe that lane runs her hand through his hair so we had a whole debate on whether rick and rich 
are the same person. Right? Like, they're the same name, basically. It's so, it's, it's like Mick and Kirk, right? Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> is this just a character they brought back on purpose and then, like, mixed up the names? Because Rich and Rick are so close. And they can both mm-hmm. be nicknames for Richard. Yeah. Well, and it's been a couple seasons since we saw Rich Blumenfeld. So, again, was this Lane's sophomore year and Rich Blumenfeld was a senior? Who and then also back a year back. or two. Yeah. Right? We're trying to, like, <laughs> figure out could he be 21? <laughs> also, he's an old 21. Like, he looks like he's actually 26. Um, <laughs> yeah, he looks mid-20s. No offense to the actor. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes in with a keg. Did you guys yes, ever 21. have a party with a keg? Uh, I was never invited to that kind of party. No, I mean, in college, yes. Not in high school. Not in high school. In high school, I mean, not to incriminate myself, but the most we did was, like, get wine coolers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what? The only keg party I've ever attended was in college. The RA threw a... Uh, end of year party mm-hmm. in my now fiance's dorm um and it was a root beer keg oh <laughs> <laughs> because it was held in the dorm <laughs> when i'd say past that because honestly i did, obviously did not provide the keg for any of the college parties i went to um somewhere in my early to mid 20s short like in the first year or two that sean and i were together we had a big halloween party at our house Mm -hmm. and a liquor store not far from where we lived who had just started renting mini kegs oh mini mini keg for our halloween party there was like a mini uh heineken keg that uh we used to get and it was really like it was the size of a laptop laptop like it was really Mm -hmm. small it was really cute no, but um, this is what prompts Kyle to be like, go get the bath towel or the beach towels. Yeah. These are the beach towels. The beach towels are oversized with stripes. And I'm like, I get it. I, I also get it too, have towels honestly. that are meant for this kind of purpose. I feel you, at, Kyle. At the same time, I'm thinking I understand Marshall's confusion because you don't see what size this towel is, but it looks big and it has a stripe on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they're note... like putting away all of the tchotchkes in the house. Yes. It's just, it's so good. I have, uh, what were you expecting? What is that in? What is that about? Oh, Lane, because Lane sees a keg oh, and yeah. is like, "Oh, a, right. a keg!" Because Lane, Lane didn't really think about what kind of party this was going to be. Um, Sweet sheltered Lane, who's yes. never been to any kind of high school party with any kind of alcohol. Yeah, right. Oh. So not. now the party that they went to at Louis and uh, or Madeline, I can't remember, um, where she met Henry. There was no alcohol there? They had the fancy imported sodas. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming I mean, there was probably alcohol there, but it was not made. Not in a keg. Did not do yeah. it. Like, they did not get the drinks. I know, I'm pretty sure we did see people holding, like, you know, red solo cups. Mm-hmm. Or some kind of cups that you might have implied there might have been alcohol in it, but it's never said, it's never talked about, it's never mentioned at that party. So, who knows? Um, well, yeah, Lane is just, like, blown away at the fact that there is alcohol here. And what were you expecting, Lane? But then yeah. Young Chu is also there because he's Young part Chu. of the plan. <laughs> yeah. I, is is this where Dave tells him to step away from the band? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. So, 
Young Chu is, as we know, in love with Lane. He wants to be near her. He wants to be interacting with her. And he comes up and is like, Lane, can I get you anything? Water? And Dave is like, Young Chu, you really should step back. You know, I wouldn't want you to, like, step, step on a cable and get electrocuted and die. And Valid. at the same time, you know Dave <laughs> absolutely wants that. <laughs> His delivery is so great. Like, I literally laughed out It's laugh so dry. Loud. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great actor. I understand why he essentially got, you know, stolen from this mm-hmm. show to go have his mm-hmm. own show. Um, I just saw a commercial for a new show with him, with Jesse Eisenberg and... Claire uh, Danes. And yeah, Lizzie. Claire Danes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's based on a book, but I keep hearing good things about it. Of mm-hmm. course, okay. by the time this episode comes out, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that show's already fully out. <laughs> that show that Hopefully was out, good. like, four months ago? Yeah, that one. Um... <laughs> But Young Chu walks away and Dave asks Lane, like, what's the situation here? When are you finally, when are you guys finally going to break up? Mm-hmm. Is he staying for like, the whole thing? Oh, he's in love with me. Where else is he going to go? And Dave's just like immediately in a not great mood either now for the rest of the night. Yeah. And I feel like it's valid, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like his girlfriend a has plan. a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They had a plan, and Young Chu has ruined the plan. Yeah, Young Chu has been putting off breaking up, and that's what led to the realization that, oh, Young Chu is in love with her. Um, and I don't know if it's at this point that Young Chu being in love with Lane becomes apparent to Dave. I think that might be a little bit later, but yeah, no, Dave is already just not psyched. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to say about Rory really quick, because it kind of is overarching for the entire party. I feel like Rory has grown up so much in these three seasons. Yes. Because she is so self-confident at this party. She's mm-hmm. not being a wallflower. She was fully engaged with the party, with the atmosphere. Like, when she gets asked to introduce the band, she gets up there, no she hesitation. She does it. And I'm just like, I love this. Because this is not, like, quiet little bookish Rory that we met in season one. Who would have been like, I can't speak in front of people. Like, no. She's like, I've grown up with these people. Whatever. I'm having a good time. My best friend is playing. Like, Mm -hmm. get it, Rory. Well, there's a certain amount of just great confidence when you're with the band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's built in. (laughs) Um, But Jess is still, you know, he's still depressed. um, And Rory's trying hard to inject energy into him. She's Mm -hmm. trying everything. Um... Let's walk around. Let's look around. Oh, girls are crying. There's a bathroom uh, for the... There's a bathroom? There's a line for the bathroom. And they eventually go to the kitchen. And all the boys are just, like, standing around the keg looking at it. Because it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You don't work. know how it works. Because they haven't tapped the keg. And just immediately is like... Uh, I can do this. Yeah. And I love when they all take their empty cups and, like, cheers to Jess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this... they know that they have to pump for, like, ten he said, minutes. He does say start pumping. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to think it takes them a little while. <laughs> I know it's implied a lot, especially from Dean, that Jess is, like, this horrible kid and everybody at school hates him and he doesn't have any friends. But, like, this moment kind of implies to me, like, no, Jess just kind of kept to himself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like he made 
the enemies. same kind of enemies that Dean always implied that he did. Right. And the one guy that he was in a fight with was because he he was an awful guy, right? Like he was. I mean, Rory even says, Rory oh, said. he is a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that way back when Jess had the black eye. And he said that he lies and says that he got it throwing a football around with a buddy. Like, Rory doesn't second-guess that. No. So, he's... People know who he is. Like, all of these guys know his name. Mm -hmm. He's... Yep. He's not, like, this pariah the way that, yeah, Dean makes him out to be. One thing I love is the little detail of Jess cannot handle Brian at all. Like, anytime (laughs) Brian starts talking, Jess is gone. He's like, I'm done with this. Well, I mean, Brian is probably, like, the most obnoxious type of person to him. Yeah. Um, but, you Brian know... Brian is the sweet guy who realistically probably has absolutely no problems. Like, big, bad problems in his life to create any kind of trauma. And he's sitting here hyperventilating about his goal to have a gig that's finally coming true. And Jess is like, mm, no, also, I ain't got time for your shit. Sandra, I don't know if you're going to call this out in background stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we do see Brian sitting and hyperventilating on the cat tree, yes, there's, <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be a cat or if it's like canonically a fake creature, but there's like this orange fuzzy thing at the top of the cat tree. I was like, is, is that it supposed a to be a cat? I, it I, looks like maybe it's a cat, but I can't I tell. I think there's just a party cat. Like a bodega cat, but the cat is is just at a at the party. Also, um, how but is it Brian also looks like allergic? a stuffed animal. Maybe that's why he's hyperventilating. <laughs> he's actually having a shock. Um, guess who else is at this party? You kind of mentioned before every teenager in Stars Hollow is here, so that includes Dean and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Nice they little wave, and they seem friendlier. Than the yes. last time, because I think the last time we ran into them, um, Lorelai and Rory ran into them. Party? Yeah, after after some kind of town thing, and there was a chilliness there that even Lorelai was mm-hmm. like, "This is weird." Um, but no, it seems like we've maybe gotten a little bit past that. I think probably, like, what would make sense to me is Lindsay seeing Rory there with Jess, while mm-hmm. Lindsay yeah. is there with Dean, would make it feel a lot more like no. There's nothing. She's here with her boyfriend. I'm Mm -hmm. here with my boyfriend. We're okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Lane is being driven crazy by Young Chu. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So that's still happening in the background. But hey, the band's going to play. And like you said, Rory introduced them. Uh, Yeah. And it walks off. (laughs) Because there was a debate that we didn't talk about in the garage because they don't have a name. And they realize, oh, crap we need a name if we're gonna have a gig zach mm-hmm. wanted uh follow me to the edge of the desert yeah or follow follow them to the edge of the desert yeah i feel like it's yes follow them, follow them to the yeah, and then follow them to the edge of the desert Dave because is throwing then... out the chops <laughs> <laughs> the chops well be- i remember that because zach says because then yeah once we get big and famous people on the internet will will basically turn it into an acronym of fttt E-O-E-D or something like that. <laughs> it's like, nobody's going to do that. Which, neither of those work. And of course, no. we know neither of those names stick. But it made me think, like, they were all on Zach about how long that name was. And I was thinking, like, what's the longest band name you guys know? Hmm. Panic at the disco. Um, no, there's the longer than remember. that. Data remember. Like, I remember Natalie Portman's shaved head. 
that was that felt like a really long band name and people would uh change it to Enpesh. Um, um let's see. Longest band name. I do like that at one point while we look this up that Brian threw out the we. Like the instead we, of oh, instead the of who. who. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. <laughs> the power of darkness shall rain blood upon the city for 500 years. That's a band name? That is a band name. Okay. A little bit longer than Zach's suggestion. Uh, the next one is the Rock and Roll Double Bubble Trading Card Company of Philadelphia 19141. That's just obscene. That's too much. Mm-hmm. And those are the two longest ones. Okay. So, not the longest, but I also understand it would not make sense. So, yeah, Rory does uh, introduce them as a mumble. Mm-hmm. And there's one unnamed Stars Hollow teenager, teenager that just goes like, Yeah, rock and yeah. roll! <laughs> I was like, yeah. ooh. I hope she put I that fully, on her reel, but... I fully expected her to just go, free bird! <laughs> but it seems like the band is well-received. They launch into a song and everybody's pretty much immediately like oh okay this is fun Mm -hmm. i never went to a house party with a live band i don't think anybody's shocked um but that feels so like like upper class like i who who has the money as a teenager to hire a band yes it's more college for me i i went to multiple college parties that had had bands uh, oh. One of my best friends, her boyfriend is a uh, lead singer in a band, and he okay. constantly does shows in his basement. So, like, I'm yeah. a little bit used to it, um, mm. but we are older. It wasn't in high school. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you have, like, a connection to the to the band, mm-hmm. it's not quite like you're hiring them, you know, but yeah, almost everybody's feeling it. Jess is really not feeling anything at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the band does great. They do their set. And they kind of, they do a pause. Um, And this is when Dave is kind of weird. And he's like, you have to break up with young Chu to Lane. And that's when he's like, what, is he in love with you or something? Oh. Well, he doesn't tell her that she has to. He asks when. When, right, right. No, I I believe he does say you have to break, like, we need to move forward. When are you going to break, break up with him? Yeah, but it is, like, kind of an implication of, like, do it. Like, when is it this going to happen? It is. I'm just trying to make the differentiate. Like, he's not trying to command her. Oh, no. He's no, not no, no. trying to tell her, like, what to do. Yeah, but he says that, you know, Young Chu is driving him crazy. And that's when Lane says, well, he's he's in a sensitive time right now. Obviously, he just broke up with his girlfriend. He says, it's like he's in love with you. And she doesn't correct him. I think that's well. where it's, like... Yeah, uh, that is the case. Uh And he's hurt. And he has every right to be. Um, I think this is an awkward situation. Lane uh, kind of always kind of does this. She did this with Henry, too. She kind of self-sabotages herself a little bit. Um, And also, she doesn't want to hurt Young Chu. I get it. I don't know. Um, But at this point, Jess tries to leave. Tries to get him mm-hmm. and Rory to go. And Rory's like, no. My best friend is playing in a band. Like, I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. I want to be here for her. I'm not ready to go. I don't want to leave. 
go talk to someone, Jess. And he's like, I don't like anyone else. I don't want to talk to anyone. It's a bad attitude. But again, we know why. Well, and before the whole prom thing happened, too, it seemed like Jess Jess did not have any reservations about coming to this party. No. As far as we know. So there's... For Rory, there's not really any reason for her to be picking up that he doesn't want to be there, other than he's just... Let's get out of here. Not cool enough. Or too cool. Too cool for school. Always too cool. Literally too cool for school. (laughs) And look where it got him. Um, But Rory and Jess are both waiting in line for the bathroom right together. I I feel like it's got to be one of those things where one of them needs to go and the other one's like, well, I have nothing better to do than stand here with you. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, there's got to be upstairs bathrooms. That's always, there's always an upstairs bathroom. Um, but I think it's said later that Kyle does discourage people from going upstairs. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Which yeah. is you why there's a on line the landing. on the <laughs> bottom. Um, but they run into, well, they don't run into anyone because they're standing, but Dean and I Lindsay come Dean over. Lindsay run into them. Mm-hmm. And first off, Dean and Lindsay are super tall. Like, yeah. Jess and Rory are so much shorter than both of them. It's so funny. Um, but then I mentioned in the group chat between us, there is these two women just floating in the air in the background (laughs) and we have determined that they're standing on the staircase but they just kind of look like they're standing on a table or like it just like their thighs are at the same level as everybody's heads and it just it's visually very jarring unless you have the ability to put it together yeah it's a very weird staircase um but yeah they're there and uh guys we got some music snobbery in this scene. Entirely from Jess. Yes. There is a very clear effort here by Dean and Lindsay to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Right? And Rory. Yes. Yes. But like clearly Dean and Lindsay came over with the yeah. intention of being friendly. And Rory is like, yes, she likes Dean. She likes Lindsay. Eh, kind of. But Jess is the is the real sourpuss here. Um because I think, what does Lindsay say she likes listening to? Michelle Branch and Matchbox 20. And I and mean, Jess goes, oh, God. Or something like that. He, yeah. yeah, Jess scoffs. And Rory's like, I like those, too. I listen to a lot of stuff. Because those are two of the most popular musicians At during time. this time. Uh, there was a hatred of pop music, right? And there kind of mm-hmm. still is a little bit of uh, pretentiousness towards it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, as a big Taylor Swift fan, literally, my best friend just gave me um, Folklore signed by Taylor Swift, and it made me cry, and I was, like, <laughs> super obsessed. Um, there is this thing of, like, women liking pop groups is down, right? Is not okay. Oh, you like One Direction? Oh, you like, uh, name another boy band? Insane? I mean, even I don't Taylor know. Swift. Even yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's like oh, well, then you don't like real music. And it's like, no, I do like real music. And this is the music I like. Respect that. No. I definitely own a Matchbox 20 CD. And I think it's one of those ones that there were two discs in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. You know. But yeah, yeah, this is fine music. And Rory's trying to be nice. Jess is being a pill. It makes Lindsay feel bad, which, not great. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. And Lindsay's just like, Wait, didn't you used to go to our school? Dean kind of picks up on that, and I think he kind of is like, yeah, I haven't seen you around. 
Rory's like, no, he still goes. <laughs> yeah. A whole month, like, out of the nine? No, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of absence, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Rory excuses him because Jess obviously leaves. And he go- she goes, he's not feeling well, right? Which is such a typical, it reminded me so much of, like, I'm sorry, but when my parents were fighting, right, and I would only go with one parent somewhere, and they would be like, oh, the other parents stayed home because they're sick, you know? Yeah. It's such a cover move mm-hmm. for your partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To basically excuse their, and sometimes they're not feeling well, and sometimes it's just to excuse their shitty behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Like in this situation. But we go back to Lane and Young Chu, and she's so over it. Uh, but mm. also not dealing with it. And she... Well, Young Chu's, like, saved her a seat yeah. on the side of the... Th- the but on the side of the room. And doesn't worry or somebody offer to, like, hey, do you want to go do something? He's like, I don't want to lose these seats. And Lane goes into the kitchen. The boys are talking about Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Which, Which I feel great. like just came out, right? Uh I think I think so because Dean Dean and Rory had gone to see it a million times mm-hmm. in theaters, so it's definitely very current. So, the first one was two thousand one. The second one was two thousand three. Okay, oh, sorry, so two thousand two, and then two thousand three. So yeah, totally. This is like prime Lord of the Rings time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Lane asked for a beer. Whatever you hand me, I'm drinking, Kyle. Mm-hmm. First of all, never ever. Right. Never. Yeah. No. Lane gets away because she watches him pour it out of the keg. Yeah. But, but ladies, he, be safe. He's like, do you want foam or not? <laughs> oh, Kyle. I mean, this is a guy who didn't know how to actually get into the keg. Yeah. So the fact that he's able to pour <laughs> her a drink at all is just like success. Yep. Um. Yeah. And Lane has, we see her have one drink and presumably she continues to have drinks. Okay. But like. Lane has what we can only assume is her first drink of beer. Yes. And has no reaction. Right? I, I am as unrealistic a 30 scene of this woman, entire episode. Still don't drink beer because I think it tastes bad. Like, it always reminds me of Roy the first time she's handed champagne and she takes a drink and she scrunches up her nose. Right? Like, of, oh, this kind it's of tastes rea- disgusting. Yeah. yeah. 100% should have a reaction of, like, oh, wow, this is gross. Yeah. Lane just kind of smiles. Mm hmm. But, I mean, Lane also, uh, like, Korean culture has a lot of, like, foods with, like, a vinegary base. or That's you fair. know, like mm-hmm. So there's, like, maybe, like, maybe the, the flavor is not as jarring because she's used to, like, that bitterness and acidity. But mm-hmm. who knows? Either way, she just goes, whatever, and drinks. And at this point, this is when we get into... The, the party's in full swing at this point. Uh, Rory's trying to find Jess. Because Jess, yeah. Jess has disappeared. He did not come back. Somebody says, I think I saw him go upstairs. She, uh, Young Chu t- says that uh, he thinks that she went upstairs. He won't leave his seat because Lane will come at one point. And Lane is drunk. Lane is, like, super drunk. And she has decided she's going to call her mom and come clean. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this is not a voicemail situation. This is not an answering machine. It seems like she calls, she gets her mom on the phone, and she just starts unloading. Yeah, because the she's she answers the question. Yeah, her. I think her mom theoretically goes, "Who is this?" And Lane goes, "It's Lane. It's Lane." Well, not not even that. She she asks, "Are you okay?" Yes, I'm okay. 
Like, she's, like, talking to Mrs. Kim. Yes. And she reveals she's in a band. She reveals she's playing a party. She's in love with Dave. Like, everything. Everything. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but nothing comes from this, right? I don't think so. No. Or if it does, it's That's what the next episode is. Uh Yeah. It's a very confused Lane episode. Well, we'll have to see. But, yeah, thank goodness for Dave. Honestly, why wasn't he there sooner? Dave (laughs) realizes that she is on the phone with her mom and just hangs it up. Like, he sees her on the phone. He's kind of confused, walks in, and then hears her say something, something. but it ends with mama. Yeah. And he dives at the phone. (laughs) And And her explanation. She's like, what? I told her. Yeah. I told her. I told her everything. We're good. Now we can go to prom together. We don't have to worry about young Chu. It's all it's all good now. And Lane oh, goes like, to oh. kiss him and he pushes her away because she's drunk. He acknowledges that she's drunk. And also they're playing in five minutes. Can you even play? Yeah. 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 Honestly, like Dave Dave's pretty in the right for, yeah. you know, most of this. We've all been there, right? Like, we drank a little Mm. bit too much. Uh, We called the wrong person. Uh, Calling your mom and explaining everything (laughs) is not the best Calling your mom as a minor? Yeah. Not cool. Unless you're calling to say, Mom, I made a mistake. I want to go home. (laughs) Calling your super strict mother who would not let you leave the house if she knew what your plan was. Mm. Even worse. Yeah, I feel like the second that phone hangs up, Ms. Kim is putting on her coat and, like, walking the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no way that she is going to sit around and let Lane do this. I just, I don't understand this, Mrs. Kim, because clearly that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What we find out in the next episode versus the Mrs. Kim in season four, where Lane sneaks out to go to CBGB's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, we'll find out next episode what's going on with Mrs. Kim and we'll, like, talk more about it um but right now we just had the conversation we don't know what's happening meanwhile rory is still trying to find jess and she is going upstairs like young chu said and she passed uh dean and Lindsay, who are on the um on the floating landing the floating landing of the staircase (laughs) and she finds him she does in a dark bedroom Mm -hmm. by himself lights off just staring at the window and he is and so sad. And she asks him, what's wrong, sad boy? Which is very sweet to me. Like mm-hmm. that one line where she kind of rubs his face. And he like leans into it. Like yeah. I've always thought that was such a sweet moment between them. There are a couple of like sweet, like touching moments between them throughout mm-hmm. the episode. Like when they're watching the band earlier, she like mm-hmm. puts her hand up and like touches his face. Like... It's very cute. I have to assume that they were dating during this point. Yes. Like in real life. Like it's very yeah. natural. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The way they touch each other. But no, she does find him in the bedroom. He is sad, but obviously he doesn't want to get into why he's sad. Yeah. And she can very much tell like something happened. You were into this party beforehand. Something's changed. Instead of telling her, he just kisses her. And then it becomes like an insecure thing. Like, oh, it's not because of me, is it? No, another kiss. Another kiss. We're on the bed. bed. We're horizontal. Yeah. And 
Worry at this point starts to kind of push him away a little bit. She says, wait. Well, she tells him to wait. Yeah. Yeah. She tells him, wait. And then she kisses him again. And then she tells him, wait again. And then he starts going for her belt. Yes. And this is when she pushes him off completely. He does get off. It's not mm-hmm. like he's, like, pushing her down or anything. Um, and she says, he gets upset. He's, mm-hmm. like, uh, scoff and everything. She says, um, you can have imagined, like, here, not here, not, not now, like not like this. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And then that's when he screams, nothing's wrong with me. I didn't ask you to come up here. I didn't invite you here. You came here on your own. Um, And she, like, she still wanted to comfort him, but at this point, he hurts her. He's hostile. Yeah. Yeah. She starts crying, and she's like, I don't know what I I did wrong. I don't know what I did. And he, like, she's running off. He says, you didn't do anything wrong. And he goes after her. But he says it after she's already left. So presumably she does not hear him say this. No. So this scene is definitely a divisive scene, I think, yes. in the entire Gilmore fandom. Um, obviously, we have talked about how much we love Jess and he's so cute, blah, blah, blah. But like, I think being Teen Jess or being a Jess fan always comes with the caveat of, oh, but Cake Max. Yes. Yeah. Right? This is not a good scene it's not a good look for jess it's again another boundaries potential essay moment without saying the words Mm -hmm. um it's really not great yeah it could certainly be a very triggering scene for people Mm -hmm. who have had experiences Mm -hmm. that didn't end this way or that did end this way um and so i completely understand where anybody is coming from when they say like mm-hmm. oh this makes me hate jess i can't stand jess yeah i could understand why totally people understand. would feel that way yeah here are some facts about the scene he does get off of her immediately when she pushes him away he does however uh does not stop when she says wait so there is that conflict and that is the conflict of like is this essay is this not Right. It's a situation where, like, those lines are very blurred. Mm-hmm. She says, wait. She keeps kissing him. Then she says, wait again. Like, it doesn't make anything that happened okay. No. I will say after the second wait, it feels like she is starting to Try to squirm away, out. Yeah, trying she's trying to, to get out. Yeah. And he is still kind of pushing, you know, kissing down the neck, whatever. This was a um, trope back then of boy is sad boy cannot express emotion boy can only do it through sex right Mm -hmm. um and he is heartbroken and he is hurt so he needs comfort right this was a thing this has been a thing in many movies many tv shows um that being said i don't like this trope it's not something that i like I will mm-hmm. say that when I was younger, I did rewind the makeout scene. Right? Of course. Yeah. Because I was, I really liked Rory and Jess, right? And I thought he was attractive. 
And at that time, what they, the media was peddling towards us, this was not really seen as awful. This was for me, I, I, because I am the oldest of the group by a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, this was a very normal makeout scene for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for boys that I dated in high school, of boy tries to push too far and you. You kind of have to get a little aggressive to be like, hey, no, listen to me. And you absolutely should not have to do that. And then the first you kiss wait, and the make first up. stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then you're fine. Yeah. And then it's it's okay because at that point, nothing else happened. While at the same time, there are still thousands or millions of girls who the stop didn't happen. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that talks of consent are becoming more prevalent. And um, that there is that, like, knowledge of if you say no, it is no, right? Yeah. It is not maybe or convince me to say yes. I think the idea, the concept of enthusiastic consent, Mm -hmm. I love that that is, like, gained traction. enthusiastic. Right? Because there's a difference between saying, yeah, fine, and saying, like, yes, I want to do this. Exactly. The first one is coerced consent. Exactly. exactly. Also like, bad. Yeah. That And that was definitely those conversations were not being had, at least not on television, not publicly, like the way that they are now um, when this came out. And I think you're right, Emily. This is a very, this, this scene was happening in party bedrooms across the country every night of the week. And wasn't coerced consent an actually very common scene in a lot of movies and TV shows at this point yes. of the guy just trying to talk the girl into doing it? I mean, it I think it still is. Eventually, she's just like, okay. Yeah. Because if I don't, he won't want to be with me. Right. Yeah. And there is that implication of this is my value, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm bringing to the table. When you talked earlier about, like, sex or physical intimacy is the way to, like, help a... a- man who's struggling with his emotions Mm -hmm. that is absolutely what i thought growing up in this time period if you see a sad man what can you offer him your body right Mm because that's what's going to make it better that's the special thing that i can do and like that's so gross it is really so terrible and And awful but it was so common and it forces you to think that you're just a prize Mm-hmm. Or you're just something to give. Um, I like, just to rewind real quick, when Dave doesn't let Lane kiss him, he says immediately, you are drunk, right? And mm-hmm. that is also something that's happened in many bedrooms is someone's drunk and there's this so-called implied consent, right? Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of that enthusiastic consent. Um I like that Dave said no. I like that mm-hmm. Dave yeah. pushed her away. Because he could have gone the other way. Right? Yeah, totally. His girlfriend was drunk. Right? Dave continues to be a great guy. Yeah. yeah. This is a divisive scene with Jess and Rory. I don't think any of us are going to give... Say this is straight up sexual assault. I don't think any of us is going to argue that this is just a normal thing. This is not a normal thing. But unfortunately, it was. It's an un- it is unfortunate. Was unfortunately mm-hmm. a normal thing. It probably still is. Probably still is. Yeah. 
it's something Jess said before we started recording kind of I read I thought she was correct in that it's it's two kids who just they don't know how to handle their Mm. feelings and they don't know how to handle their emotions and kind of on top of something you just said Sandra it that whole let me give you my body it'll make you feel better it also encourages toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. of men don't need to talk about their feelings no and so I I don't have a side I don't have a definitive opinion yeah we understand that this this scene is triggering and i mean i've been triggered by gilmore girls i said it in a couple episodes ago like yeah it's unfortunately sometimes too realistic right sometimes the comedy is nice and sometimes it's like oh my god this was an actual scene from my life so to move on from this scene (laughs) um yeah, Rory's in tears, right? The way that we leave mm-hmm. the scene is Rory's in tears because Jess has yelled at her and she's just like, I don't know where this is coming from. What did I do wrong? She runs out. Jess says you didn't do anything wrong. But like we mentioned, she had passed Dean and Lindsay on her way up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And this interaction was pretty quick. So she passes them on the way down. But she stops at Dean because, of course, Dean is going to stop a crying Rory. Yeah. Rory, what's wrong? And Jess sees it. And she says nothing. She said, I mean, she she tries to, you know, gloss over it. And then she kind of runs away. Well, Jess appears at the top of the staircase. And Dean instantly puts together. We saw her go up. They were together. She's come down crying. And this and is it. This is the tipping the point. The worst is that Jess comes downstairs, looks at them, and says, says "Of like, course, of course," and tries to leave. Which, like, oh my God, Jess, talk about digging yourself deeper. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, it should ugh, also be noted boy. that at this point, the show is not painting this as an assault that happened in the whether it did or not. It's not painting it that way. However, no. Dean immediately thinks that. And I think you can tell that, that Dean is putting together some kind of situation happen. He's put, he has a scenario in his head where Jess, her, yes. Rory, yeah. and they were upstairs alone a in what can us only assume yes. was a bedroom. So yeah. Dean immediately goes after Jess and he punches Jess in the face. And the fight that has been building up for two seasons almost yeah is here and this is like this is a pretty brutal fight oh, yeah. like i was watching it goes through the whole house it goes through the whole house it's a combination of the actors and stunt doubles because there's definitely scenes where it is clearly jared and milo and there's scenes where it's definitely not <laughs> jared not. or milo uh, where jared um, goes down but, in height a little bit yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but i just like I think the boys probably had fun with this. Oh, right? yeah. Like, Absolutely. To, to, like, pull back from the, the darkness of this episode. Can you imagine how fun it would be if you're two early 20s guys and you just get to brawl? I actually... On TV. I like, just saw think, a TikTok. Do you think they choreographed oh, definitely. the scene? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just saw a TikTok where uh, Mila runs over to Jared and kisses him. I saw that same right on the cheek. And I'm like, they must they be take a such good friends, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. This must have been so no, much this, fun. This fight is this fight is brutal. They are throwing each other. They are like everybody's getting punched. There's multiple guys who try to get in and pull them apart, mm-hmm. and they including just including Rick, twenty one year old. Rick, like, but I mean, they're like knocking other guys down. They're breaking things. Poor Kyle. 
I Young Chu Dave oh my gosh. in the middle of this fight, Dave goes to Young Chu <laughs> to be like, Hey, we need to discuss this lane situation. And for some reason Young Chu goes straight to you're gonna beat me up. Yeah, right? he's scared Which, of Dave. Dave But I love it. Dave why? gets completely clobbered by the backside of this fight. Falls onto Young Chu and Young Chu is like, Get off me. He's like, I'm me. trying. <laughs> So there's your comedic relief. <laughs> right. But eventually, thank goodness, we have a 21-year-old Rick who grabs them and throws them out the front door because they need to stop, get out of this house. They are destroying they, this it house. It doesn't matter, though. They're every still time fighting. two guys... Yes. Yeah, every time two guys try to even start getting them apart, Jess and Dean both shake them off and go right back at it. So at this point, if it's an... Well, if you're going to fight, get them outside. Yeah. I will say, neither of them look hurt. They look tired. No. Right? No. But neither of them look Nobody's like, got, like, hurt. a busted no. lip or there's no fake blood. Honestly, for as hard as they're hitting and for as much as they're throwing. Mm-hmm. You would think, like, like at this point, you would there's have some blood. These boys, these must be two very weak right. boys. Yeah. Well, I mean. That are, like, slapping each other. It reminds me. It, it made me think about the fight we see much later on between Chris and Luke. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> like, this fight is like this is a fight. This is yeah. yeah. But of course, it gets broken up because finally the start police mm-hmm. figured out that there's a big house party of teenagers going on. Worry does run outside when the guys get pushed outside and yells, "Stop it! Just mm-hmm. stop it!" Yeah, and she's she tried Sirens to stop them inside, but of course, I think yeah. literally nothing was going to stop these except yeah. the police. Like truly, nothing was going to stop. And them. once the police comes, everyone starts walking off. There is a moment. Rick is very smart yes. to leave. Yeah, I have run, to say, run, adult. <laughs> I don't know about. I don't know about Connecticut state laws, but I know Indiana state laws. Um, anybody over 21 in that party is therefore responsible for all of the underage Yeah, and in New Jersey, um, hosts are are at fault too. So if something happens um, in a car accident or something, and it was because someone was drunk from your party, you would also get in trouble. Dang. I mean, that's like fair, but like, yeah. Um, Yeah. But there's a moment where, well, the end of the episode, Rory calls after Jess they kind of just stare at each other, and then he walks off. And to me, this is the breakup. Like, Jess and Rory are done. It's not official yet. I don't know what this is. It's definitely, like, a, a decoupling moment. Mm-hmm. Like, they came together, obviously. They came as a pair. They spent the party as a pair. And this is Jess saying, like, no, I'm not coming to you. I am walking away. I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are also, luckily, I think, honestly, Lane being sick in the bushes is the perfect timing because Rory needs something else mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah. And it's Lane puking in the bushes. Yeah. A beer and a half. A beer and a half. Um, but the first time I've ever drank time. before, you know, and she's yeah. tiny. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, guys. I probably have a good 30 pounds on lane right now. And a beer and a half would definitely get me drunk. Yeah, my tolerance level is not great either. Um, guys, mm-hmm. this is the first Gilmore Girls episode I've ever watched. Really? really? Oh my gosh, what a weird yeah, introduction. Because it was right? um, the WB at the time, and it was Jess Knight. Um, and the episode, the, the new episode was um, the one where he comes back for his car. 
So they played Keg Max mm-hmm. beforehand, right? And I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, I'll watch this. This is something new, right? And this is the first episode I've ever seen. I love That's that they were episode. like, hey, <laughs> we're having a Jess episode. Let's bring back the best hits of Jess. Remember that time he got into a major fight? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Why would you not do like the Wayward Son spinoff episode right? or whatever that was going to be called? Like, explain why he's not there. I was very confused. I mean, obviously I had no idea who Max was. So, like, Mm -hmm. and then just Rory and Jess. Um, But I liked it so much that I bought the first two seasons, like, the the next couple days just to watch them. Um, And here we are today. (laughs) La, 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 la. Oh, guys, we have to choose maybe a townsperson of the week. I do kind of have a thought. Uh, One time before, we did not give anyone a townsperson of the week. I'm inclined to do that again. Unless you guys have strong opinions on someone. I think I said at the beginning of the episode, I I couldn't. Yeah. I don't have anybody. I feel like it's like we try to pick a standout. You know, sometimes we get a little silly. Mm -hmm. Y'all know that. Um, but really, I mean, like, Suki was fine in this episode. Mm-hmm. Luke was fine I mean, she did in this hold episode. Her, her hand on Luke's butt for right? an unknown amount of minutes. Uh, Michelle adopted dogs in this episode. Like, I don't feel like anybody else. Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> like, but... Can we figure out how Boy with Toothache broke? Like, he was wrapped up in a box supposedly put away somewhere. I mean, these guys were all throughout the house. Yeah. Rest in you peace, boy with toothache. <laughs> you know what? I I would potentially give it to Kyle. Do you guys want to? But, I mean, he also threw it but... a, a party with underage drinking, which yeah. is illegal. This is true. <laughs> that is illegal. <laughs> yeah. We do not support underage drinking. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'd be okay with giving it to nobody. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this episode kind of exists in a vacuum. Let's just walk what away. What about... Max for clearly stating his boundaries That's fair. with Laura. Max is, yeah. Not a bad Max is a great yeah. guy. He is a great guy. And it is his last episode. Oh, in the grand tradition of Gilmore X's leaving, I think we could give it to Max. I think that nobody would be mad at okay. us for that one. <laughs> I I stand by there is something truly there's something truly good when you can recognize that you might love somebody and you might care about somebody, but they are not good for you and you are better off mm-hmm. walking away. Yeah, I agree. That is such an incredibly hard thing to do. Um, and Max recognizing that, I would I would, I would, would give him for that reason okay. alone. I love it. So, um, yeah. congratulations, Max. Congrats, Max. Uh, goodbye, <laughs> Max. Yeah, farewell. We yeah. Really knew you. Do we see him at the graduation at no, all? This is no, this is the last episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he's, he's done. Gone. He's gone. Um so congrats and goodbye. And speaking of goodbye, that was this episode. Uh thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. As always, I was Sandra. And I was Emily. <laughs> and I was Jess. And we'll see you next week with the bits. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter 
at townmeetingpod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.